dreamed of going to Hollywood and making it big? Well, these are the stories of people who have made it, just in a different way. They're the unsung heroes behind the screens that make movies and television come to life. Welcome to the Right Scuff Podcast, where we talk about films and interview those who are just starting their careers to some of the biggest names in production and post-production. Our mission is to inspire you through the true stories of people who have achieved their dreams. We'll be talking to Foley artists, screenwriters, sound editors, picture editors, the list goes on. And for film fans, we'll be focusing on sound and what it takes to create Foley. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a writer. And I'm John, a professional Foley artist in the film business for over 40 years. He's worked on over 500 films and is a 37-time nominated and 9-time MPSC winner for big titles such as Inception, The Matrix, and The Dark Knight. You can find us online at therightscuff.com and please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Hey everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Right Scuff podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening and I really hope you enjoy this new episode. It's going to be very informative and go more in depth into some of the processes of Foley. As we discussed in our last episode, Foley artists are responsible for creating live sound effects in sync with the picture as it's happening on the screen. In other words, it is the reproduction of sound effects that are added into the film or video in post-production. The Foley artist uses cue sheets as a roadmap for footsteps, props, and sometimes movements. We even talked about why sound needs to be recreated in the first place. And John shared his story and how he got to where he is today in the film industry. I want to give a brief description of a Foley stage before we get into the new episode. Thank you to those of you who checked out the Wired video. That's awesome. It's really going to help you envision what we're talking about. So for those of you who were unable to see the Wired video or don't really have a sense of what a Foley stage looks like, this is what you'd see. You'd walk into a room and there would be a door on either the left or the right and another door straight ahead. The door on either the left or the right is extremely heavy as are all the other doors because everything needs to be soundproof. And when you enter through the door, you'll typically see a giant soundboard with all of these buttons and knobs. And there's a thick glass panel so that the sound mixer who sits behind the soundboard can see onto the Foley stage. And when you enter onto the Foley stage, there's a large screen, a microphone, and instead of seats, there are different floorboards. There's a water tank, a sand pit, and props all around, which is actually what we're going to be talking about today. Before we talk about props versus movements, we want to define the difference between soft and hard effects. So soft effects are effects that are created by Foley artists. Could be a kiss, or it could be a an arm on a shoulder, or a handshake. And what about some hard effects? Well, typically hard effects are, let's say, explosions, or gunshots, or engine revs, Now that we understand the difference between soft effects and hard effects, let's go into the three different kinds of Foley processes. As mentioned, those are footsteps, props, and movements. Today we'll be focusing on props and movements. And this could get a little tricky, so bear with us. We're going to be giving you some examples, and at the end of this, you should be able to tell the difference between props versus movements, because it's not necessarily what you think. Movements are essentially a subset of props. 
Since it's a subset, we will deal with that in a minute. For now, let's define props. Props in terms of movies and plays are typically thought of as a particular item. However, I want you to forget that right now because that's not necessarily the case in Foley. A prop does not have to be a specific item. A prop also refers to what the Foley artist is using and what the character is interacting with on the screen. Movements, as defined in the dictionary, is an act of changing physical location or position. So we can all agree that a movement is typically thought of as a motion, a gesture, a sign, a signal, or an activity, correct? That's awesome because I want you to forget that too. In Foley, movements are used as a failsafe for ADR lines. So what is an ADR line? ADR stands for Automated Dialogue Replacement. An ADR line is the actor or actress repeating the line again because for some reason the original line cannot be used. Let's just say maybe it was muffed or, of course, when the film is a foreign film. So if it's a foreign film, all the sounds are completely cut out and you need to add in new dialogue, new sounds? Just the dialogue. Just the dialogue. And you leave what's called the M&E, that's music and effects. There's an, there's an M&E because there's the, the big triads, music, dialogue, and sound effects. M, music, D, dialogue, and SFX, sound effects. Now that we understand the differences between props versus movements and soft versus hard effects, we're going to give you a scenario so that you could test your knowledge. Leave a comment on our YouTube or Facebook and let us know how you did. So, let's set the scene. In the center of the room is a singular stool and a small round table. He's seated, sighing as he reaches to pick up a drink, takes a sip of the drink, then places the glass back down on the table. After he places the drink on the table, he runs his hand over his chin, deep in thought. Take a moment to think. What in the scene do you think would be Foley? What do you think would be considered a prop? And what would be movement? Let's go through that one more time. Our character sighs. He reaches to pick up a drink. He takes a sip of the drink, then places the glass back down on the table runs his hand over his chin. So we have sighing, reaching, taking a sip, placing glass back down on the table, and running his hand over his chin. Let's go through each of these one by one, just say if it's a prop movement or not something that you do for Foley, okay? Okay. So he's sighing. Not something we would typically do. What about reaches to pick up a drink? That would be movement. Takes a sip of the drink. That'd be a prop. Then places the glass back down on the table. Prop, definitely. Runs his hand over his chin. That's a prop. We're going to skip the sighing for now, since it's not something he typically does. But, on occasion, he will. We'll explain later. But reaches to pick up a drink, so that is movement. Can you explain why that would be movement? Well... On a feature film, typically we do a movement pass. Starts at the beginning and goes all the way to the end of the reel. The reason for that is that helps, quote, cover, unquote, ADR lines, which we discussed. But it's very generic. That is unspecific. Let's just say in the example you just gave, the reach forward, the person had a leather jacket on that was given to him by another famous character in the film. So it's what we call a story point. 
Well, that then would be a prop because it would be specific just to use in that moment. And we want to make sure there's control of that prop, if you will. So it's on a, it's by itself on a separate channel, unlike the non-specific movement, which is done from the beginning of the film all the way to the end. So what you're saying is essentially reaches to pick up the drink is not specific enough to where it would be a prop. However, if he was wearing something that made maybe a unique sound like a raincoat or some, an EMT jacket or a leather jacket, you know, something that made something specific, then that would be a prop. Correct. All right. So takes a sip of the drink. Why would that be a prop? Well, um, you know, it, it's certainly not uh, footsteps, obviously, and it's not a movement per se. So it really just de facto falls under the prop category. And, you know, it could be that we doing a sip will try to help the storyline. Maybe the character is very upset or maybe they're uh, very happy. There'd be different ways where we'd sip. Mind you, typically uh, in a film, the actor or actress might do that again, too. So it may or may not be you that's making a sipping or slurping noise? Correct. Okay, so the next one is, then he places the glass back down on the table. So this is definitely a prop because... It's, in fact, a specific item doing a specific thing. In other words, glass going down on whatever. Wood tabletop, glass tabletop, etc. The last one, which is a little bit tricky. So this is what I was talking about in the beginning where it gets a little complicated. He runs his hand over his chin. So again, he's not holding anything specific. He's not wearing anything specific, yet it's a prop. So this is a prop because why? It is specific to that moment on the screen. So, you know, and is it a, is it a beard stubble of three days growth? Is it somebody tapping their finger, thinking? You know, is it somebody kind of slapping themselves to try to stay awake? There's a gazillion different permutations. And so, again, we want to do something specific, hence it's a prop. Even though he's running his hand over his chin deep in thought and you think okay well his hand is on his chin he's moving it is not considered a movement it is considered a prop these would all be considered soft effects because there were no explosions gunshots nothing that would be considered a hard effect now it's time for a more complex example our characters eyes dart back and forth they're listening and it's much too quiet a seatbelt clicks into place A man sucks in a deep breath as the first strike hits. An asteroid grazes the side of their spaceship. A series of violent explosions rocks the ship as a siren pierces the air. Now, what's a prop and what's a movement? Are these soft effects or are they hard effects? Let's go through that again. A seatbelt clicks. A man sucks in a deep breath. An asteroid grazes their spaceship. Violent explosions rock the ship. A siren pierces the air. Let's dissect this one by one. We'll do it the same way as we did before. Sure. Seatbelt clicks. Proper movement. That's a prop. Man sucks in a deep breath. Typically, we would not do that, but if we would, that'd be a prop. The asteroid grazes the side of the ship. Gray area. Typically a hard effect, but we might help it out a little bit. An explosion rocks the ship. Same thing. Definitely hard effect. We might help a little bit. Siren pierces the air. 
Absolutely a hard effect. Okay. The seatbelt clicks into place. That's pretty simple. Just go over to my bag of tricks, grab out a seatbelt, and voila. The man sucking in a deep breath. Well, I would do my best, but hopefully um, I could do it in such a way that it would be disguised. In other words, you would not know that it is me. But you would actually be the one who's sucking in the deep breath. Mm -hmm. Okay. The asteroid grazing the side of the ship. Now, you said this is a gray area. If you were to do it, would it be a prop or a movement? Definitely would be a prop. Can you explain why it would be a gray area? Well, let's just say an asteroid hits the side of a spaceship and creates damage where pieces fly off. Well, typically that big bang hitting the spaceship would be a hard effect, but it could be we will be asked to help with that, especially with more of the detail work and maybe some of the pieces flying off and you know jagged sound, just all sorts of crazy things which we might do. And again, hopefully bring more drama and, and specificity to what you're seeing. A series of violent explosions rocks the ship. Well, that's, of course, the gray area, too, only from the standpoint of the actual explosion sounds themselves. Typically, we wouldn't do anything for that, although we could. But let's say we're sitting, we're seat belted in, and the console's rattling and our chair's rattling because the explosions were moving back and forth. Well, we might actually help with that. Okay. And then a siren piercing the air. That would almost always be a hard effect, which we would not do. We've determined what props versus movement are. But we haven't discussed this. What you see might not be what you think. And well, what do we mean by that? If you think about it, there isn't a spaceship you could walk onto and start messing with the controls. You're not really going to go out and break someone's arm in a fight scene. And I highly doubt you're going to bring a live animal onto the Foley stage (laughs) to emulate, you know, a horse galloping or a bird in flight. Even though you might be watching a horse galloping through the grassy field or a snowy owl soaring across the sky with a letter to Hogwarts in its beak, the sounds coming from it are not what you're seeing. So can we do a few examples of things that might not be what they seem, like bone breaks? What would you use for those? Well, glad you asked that. Bone breaks, we'd probably use celery. Or we might use snap peas if they're small bones, or if something very large like a thorax, uh, we might use pine cones. And what about horse hooves? Well, I typically use plumber's helpers uh, without the sticks. Uh, Of course, the old coconuts are the standby, and we can use other things which are somewhere in between. And what about flying birds? Well, for that, we can use feather dusters, uh, sometimes the sleeve of a nice long sleeve shirt, or even towels sometimes. Let's discuss the four categories that Foley artists might perform Foley for. There are feature films, TV, commercials, and video games. As we previously mentioned, there's a roadmap called a cue sheet, which tells you which sounds to perform. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So for each category, there are different orders to performing footsteps, props, movement, Um, Can you go through and tell us, feature film, what you might do first, second, third? Yes, sure. Feature films typically would do the feet first, would either do it reel by reel, or sometimes we do feet for the whole show, then go back and start the props. But so then it's it's, uh, footsteps first, then props, and then movement, only because movement, again, is this very general uh, track of sound from the beginning of the end of a film, and we want to make sure the film is completely updated to its latest version. Uh, Television, 
to kind of gain the most time advantage, we will do the movement first, which will allow us to see what we're going to be doing upcoming and then we're more prepared for the props and even the footsteps. Commercials, same thing. We do movements first just really to get a look at what's going on. But it's not nearly as critical as television because commercials are fairly short, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, sometimes longer. Now, the video games, that really depends. There are really two areas of video games. What's called the in-game sound effects. That's what the player's, you know, typically doing. Um, you know, they're running and jumping and then falling and picking up a weapon in the game to, to, to battle, so to speak. Uh, we would do all those. And then in, in dealing with that, the in-game, that's really a, a one-off, which we could talk about at some point, which is very unusual. Now, with the cinematics, those are bridges between sections of gameplay. And that we handle more like a feature film. We'll do the footsteps first, then the props, then the movement. So I'm sure some of our listeners are going to have some questions. We'd love to hear them. Go on our Facebook, ask us. And I'm going to ask a few questions myself. When it comes to television and commercials, where the movements come first, do you study the reel ahead of time? We do not study the reel first. We just go for it. And why wouldn't you for a feature film? We know more on features because we already have done the footsteps and the props. So we have more of an idea of what's coming up. But any good Foley artist can react almost instantaneously in doing the movement and cover it correctly. And of course, if a mistake is made, the mixer comes out of record, goes back and jumps back in to record and off we go. No problem. We've had two live action examples, but what about animated movies? Are there props and movements in animated movies or is it all props or is it all movement well it's all three actually in other words you have a lot of props and you have some movement and of course footsteps um and it just really depends upon what the supervising sound editor designer he she or them have queued up for us so let's suppose our character is stomping their foot which i know we haven't covered footsteps yet but for the sake of argument we're going to use this example so let's suppose they're stomping their foot while slamming a glass down on a table at the exact same time. Are there layers of sound or is this scenario not plausible and only one of the sounds is used? No, indeed, we uh, will split up as much as we can. In other words, the footstep or the slamming of the foot would be a footstep. Uh, maybe the floorboard creaks as the character slams her foot down. That would be a prop. And then the glass down, that would also be a prop on another channel. Again, all on separate channels. So ultimately, when all this material goes to the dub stage, it is there's complete flexibility to raise or lower things individually to make it all sound and sit in the scene correctly. And now that we've mentioned footsteps, I want to ask one question because it relates to props. In footsteps, you have to think about what surface the character is walking on. For example, is it a bunny hopping through the forest, a horse running through sand, a woman walking on wood with high heels? So my question is, are floor panels considered a prop? They're not considered a prop when you're just doing the footsteps. If, in fact, though, you need to do a character stumbling on the floor panels and hitting the floor panels... Those are props. So it depends on if it's a right. prop or not. So as mentioned earlier in the description of a Foley stage, you have this massive room with different surfaces 
a water tank, and then you have a back room filled with all your props. Let's get to some really fun questions. How did you acquire all these props? Oh my goodness. Well, that's over the course of almost 40 years of just uh, on a per film basis. Sometimes a film needs a special prop. Other times I'm just out and about and I stop at a garage sale or sometimes people give me props. And is there a method to the madness when you're storing your props? Do you have like bells and whistles in one place and shoes in another place? Yes, definitely. And in fact, Shelly Roden is the uh, is the modus operandi there. As far as uh, storing the props, she's uh, much more organized than I am. If they are uh, smaller items, they're in bins and they're labeled as such. Those you have gaffer's tape and we uh, or what's called duct tape and we'll write on the side of the duct tape. It might say horse hooves and all the horse hooves will be in that bin. Um, maybe old telephones, same thing, bin. If it's something much larger like a car door or a car hood, those typically will be on these rolling platforms we can roll in and out as we need them. You've acquired all of these props over the years, but many people who are starting out or who want to create fully might not have all these items. What are the most common items that you use? Well, certainly, of course, you have to have a good array of shoes. You know, that'd be hard men's shoes, soft men's shoes, sneakers, boots, things like that, and also women's shoes. And then from a prop standpoint, well, I guess you could say there's a minimum compliment, but that's it's that's very difficult to pin down. I would just say you'd need silverware, pots, some pots and pans. You'd need paper, photos, keys, things of this nature. But really, to to have a be all or end all list of what a beginning foley artist needs, that's that's really uh, that's probably <laughs> save that for another episode. It's going to be so complicated. Okay. And do you have a favorite Foley prop? Well, I probably have two or three different Foley props, which I really enjoy. Um, Ed Bannon created one for us for uh, Back to the Future, which is a car door sitting on this rolling frame that can roll around and make all sorts of different sounds from. That's one. Another one is a Boing box. Think of a guitar with only one string, and you can actually bend the neck to the point where the sound or the note can go up or down like boing and uh, a couple other couple favorite pair of shoes i guess and a prop that uh, heike kossi gave me who's the world's most famous finnish foley artist he gave me lita and that's a very unusual device that's used to shear sheep and it's it's basically this wooden contraption that uh, as you move this handle it makes the most incredible creak i've ever heard do you remember your first foley prop no you don't remember? <laughs> no. my my. I mean, the first Foley prop I'd have to have, if you will, would be my shoes. You've certainly acquired many amazing Foley props of the years. For those of you who are interested, we're going to be doing a segment on our channel called Item of the Week, which I'm now realizing we should have probably called Prop of the Week because we're going to pick a prop and we will share it with you. Be sure to check out John's IMDb and maybe you'll see your favorite movie on there. And if you have... Leave us a comment. Tell us what scenes you're curious about. Maybe he makes a really unique sound and you want to know what it is. It might end up on item of the week, aka prop of the week now. All right, everyone, let's review. Here's what we've learned this episode. There are footsteps, props, and movement, and they may not be necessarily what you think. Props are what the character on the screen and what the Foley artists use to create a sound. Movement is a fail-safe in case the dialogue needs to be replaced. Or for a foreign film. And what you see might not always be what's happening. 
the horse running might actually be a pair of toilet plungers in sync with the picture. Then we had four different categories of perform and foley. Film, television, commercials, and video games. Last, we talked about some of John's favorite foley props and gave a brief description of what a beginning foley artist could use. That's it for this episode, everyone. We really appreciate you listening and subscribing to us on our YouTube, Instagram, and of course, subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Remember to leave us a comment so that everyone could find us. That way we'll be able to help more people and inform them all about the incredible avenues they can take in the film industry. In our upcoming episodes, we'll be talking to another Foley artist and a Foley mixer. Of course, we're gonna be explaining footsteps and we'll be discussing a movie with a lot of unique sounds. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Again, thank you so much, everyone. We're loving all of your support, all of the energy, and we'll see you in our next episode.